0: Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligant. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30. Today's show brought to you by Ohio Health, the presenting partner of Blue Jackets training camp. The Blue Jackets played their first two preseason games yesterday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost in Pittsburgh yesterday afternoon in overtime 3-2. It was a heartbreaker, no doubt. And then last night, they beat up on the Penguins 5-1 at Nationwide Arena. I am live today with you on Twitter Spaces. So if you would like to be a part of the show, all you have to do is request to be a speaker. Maybe you have already sent me your question via Twitter, at BobbyMacSports. Maybe you've emailed me, Bobby Mack at BlueJackets.com. So we will uh, start there. And like I said, if you'd like to uh, ask your question live, I invite you to do so just by requesting to be a speaker, and we'll do it just like that. All right, here we go. Uh, John Poston is up first today. John says, I've got a two-part question for you. Number one, how exhausting was it calling two games in one day? Did the close proximity of both games make it not too tough? It's it's really not that tough, John. I, you know, I'm... It'd be great to sit here and look like a martyr or something like that. Oh, poor, what was me? Like, it's just calling a couple of hockey games. Um, it's neat because it's in two different cities, obviously. But the, as far as how tough is it, not so tough. Not so tough. It's It was like uh, we left here at 9 o'clock in the morning. We were in Pittsburgh by 9.45, uh, bust right to the building, got there, had plenty of time to, you know, relax, prepare – the whole nine yards, do that game. Uh, you know, coming back was a little bit more of a challenge because there was the um the fact that we were in traffic. Can you believe that? Pittsburgh traffic. Any day of the week? Wow. Uh we were in traffic and had played an overtime game, so that that was that was a little bit more dicey, but I was still back in plenty of time uh to do the second game. So it it really wasn't that hard. The close proximity was nice. It was nice. But it, it wasn't um you know It wouldn't have mattered. We could have gotten it done either way. Uh, Next part of John's question is this. Uh, John says, uh, did anyone from the first game yesterday jump off the page to you as potential to make the roster so far? Uh, And he puts down here James Neal, Victor Rask, uh, David Yerchik, Denton Matejchik. I thought Victor Rask was good in that game, quite honestly. James Neal had a goal. Uh, it was a power play goal. Jack Roslovic gave him a, a really good feed from behind the net. I thought Roslovic was good in that game. I I don't know. Uh, it's just game one, okay, so just take this for what it's worth. Um, there will need to be a lot more out of Jack Roslovic, but he was one of the NHL guys that was playing in that game yesterday, and I thought he did a really good job uh, playing in that game, not just setting up that goal. I, I think he did some good things. He he won some face-offs early. I felt that early he won some face-offs, and later he, he lost some face-offs, but that's neither here nor there. I thought he played well in that game. As far as guys that could make the team uh, that aren't in the plans right now, I guess, um, I thought Jurczyk and Matejczyk played okay, but did they jump off the page enough to say they've got to be on this roster in that game? I don't think they did. Uh, Nick Blankenberg was good in the game. He He jumped off the page. I'll talk about that in just a little bit here. But um, as far as people that we haven't seen or aren't in the plans, um, Rask, I would say, out of that list uh, probably was the most noticeable in that game. Uh, Let's see. There's a lot of Kent Johnson stuff again today, so I'll just take them one at a time. Some of these uh, I may answer the question – I might answer the next question through this question. We'll wait and see how it goes. Uh, Tesselman Tiki says, I understand – or I, I'm sorry. I asked last week if Traverse City made you feel more or less likely that Kent Johnson will play center this year. I'd like to ask you the same question after the beginning of camp and for the first preseason game. Well, he is uh, – he's making his mark there, quite frankly, I, I think. Um, throughout the camp this week, he has been in the middle. He played between Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine last night. Um Patrick Liney was uh, joking around that he's probably going to go for both the Calder Trophy and the Selkie Trophy this year because uh the Calder Trophy of course is for the rookie of the year and the Selkie is for defensive forward. He uh did really well in the defensive zone and he is quite creative and really knows how to um uh, to do things with the puck. He thinks the game at a very high level. So um will he play there? He's making his case. He's not hurting himself whatsoever. I thought in Traverse City, and I talked about this in Traverse City, the one thing that I thought was a knock on him was that he wasn't shooting the puck enough, that he was looking to pass and he wasn't looking to shoot, and perhaps if he looked to shoot that he would have uh, better success. And I think he has corrected that. I've seen it in camp. I saw it in the game last night, um, you know, his shots, and some get through, some get don't. That's the way it is, but he's shooting it now. I just felt that he was he was too cute, if you will, in Traverse City. And now he's just uh, down to business and just trying to get the puck to the net or get it to Patrick Laine or Johnny Gaudreau because all three of those options are good options for Kent Johnson. There is no doubt about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, James says uh, – oh, no. The, uh, James is replying to somebody else here. I'm sorry. Parsons. Is next up. Says, everyone seemed to play decently well in both games yesterday. Do you have a standout player for each game or just one overall? Well, I mentioned uh, I mentioned Jack Roslevic and, and Victor Rask in the first game. You know, Justin Danforth winds up with two goals in the second game. And, you know, line a stands out. He had a goal. Andrew Peake had a great pass to him. and But Justin Danforth, to me, that game last night was a statement game for him. And I will tell you why because he came in here last year. He had such a great story. We talked about his story. A guy that had been playing in Europe and he had played in the ECHL. He had played in the American Hockey League and he never got the chance really to play in the National Hockey League. And the Blue Jackets saw him in Europe. They liked him. They brought him in on a one-year deal. And, you know, he rolled the dice a little bit. He bet on himself that he would play well enough to, to stick in the NHL. And you know, he played well and then he got an injury and he was out for a couple of weeks and that can be so devastating. Maybe you don't even get another chance after that. But he came back from that injury and he was so good that he earned himself a two-year deal before the end of the season. Now, that was great. As I said, it was a, it was a great story to tell all of last year. But last year is now over. This year, he's coming into camp and there are people that are hungry. And I talked about this last week. I've talked about it for the last two weeks. You look at this roster, there are not as many spots as there were in the past. Line and Goudreau have their spots locked up. Nyquist and Voracek have their spots locked up. That leaves four wingers positions, and there are a lot of guys fighting for those spots. One would think Kirill Marchenko is going to get one of those spots. I think, you never know, but I think that he will. He played well in Pittsburgh yesterday, too. He didn't play as well as he wanted to play, but he he did all right. He made a great play that led to Nick Blankenberg's power play goal for the second goal of the game. Um, so you think he's getting a spot. Uh, Eric Robinson has had a spot here. But he's got to fight for it. Emil Bemstrom's looking to secure a spot. Um, Matthew Olivier just coming in via trade this summer from Nashville. Tough guy. Wants to prove he can play and be in the lineup day in and day out. Um, if Kent Johnson's not playing in the middle, he's going to be playing on the wing. So there are a lot of people for just a few jobs. And Justin Danforth knows coming into this camp that whatever happened last year was last year. He's got to prove himself again. And last night, not only did he get the two goals, that's great, but that's like icing on the cake to me. It was the way that he played. And they played him at center. And again, he proved that he can play that position, which he did play overseas. It's not like he is foreign to playing center. He has played it, but here he was put on the wing. But he can play the center position. And he did last night, and they gave him Vorchek, and they gave him Nyquist, and they let him play center on the power play, and lo and behold, he had a great night. And I just think that's a statement game. It's easy to look and say in the second game, oh, Line A had a beautiful goal, and Johnny Gaudreau every time he touched the puck, you know, he could uh, he can do what he wants to with it almost, at least in that game he could. But Justin Danforth needed to have that game, and he needs to be that way every time he plays. It's really simple. He needs to be that way every time he plays to stay in the lineup, to get a lineup spot and to stay in the lineup. There's no doubt about that. Um, Troy says, do you think that Blankenberg will make the starting roster? He's been blocking shots and shooting like crazy. He looks unreal. Well, he had a couple of good scrimmages. Uh, He had two goals in the scrimmage game on Saturday. He had the power play goal in Pittsburgh yesterday. Here's my question, and you can think this is fair. You can think this is not fair. It doesn't matter to me, quite frankly, but I'm going to pose this question to you. Was Nick Blankenberg outstanding in that game? Was he truly, truly outstanding in the game in Pittsburgh yesterday, or were the guys around him so subpar that he stood out even more? Did you have a six and think you had a ten just because of the way the other guys around you played? That's a head-scratcher, and I'm not taking away from him. I mean, he did block some passes. He blocked some shots. There's no doubt about it. He's another guy that every time he plays, he had better be playing his top game if he wants to not only be here, but be in the lineup. He played with Jake Bean yesterday. You can make the argument that that's a guy that he is directly competing with for ice time. I think that's a fair argument to make. I thought he was better than Jake Bean yesterday. Jake had his moments. I thought Nick was more consistent in that game. But I need to have more of a sample size on Nick Blankenberg. Again, another guy last year was a great story. Comes in from college. Wasn't uh, in the plans, and when Ken Johnson comes in, he comes along with him, and, you know, he fought all through college. I don't mean fighting like fighting, fighting. He, He fought for his ice time. He fought for his position. He eventually was captain at Michigan. And, again, great stories. But it's time to write a new book. Time to write a new book. He's got to have new stories, and he's got to play hard. I thought he was good. Good enough to be here on opening night. Time will tell. As it goes along for that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Seth Weeks. Another Blankenberg question. He continues to impress me. What are your thoughts on his overall game and likelihood he makes the opening night lineup? There also, I I answered that. I answered that through the last answer. So sorry about that. Um, Here we have, this is a great question. And I know she's on here, on Twitter Spaces, listening live. So, uh, Selah, thanks for this question. it uh, I have a funny story to go along with it. So, here it is. How was it for you after two seasons to be able to go to the locker room for player interviews? So, here's my funny story for you. I i came downstairs in Pittsburgh. you got to understand, I used to do this all the time. I'd get done with the game. I'd go right downstairs to get post-game interviews, and for the last two years, I haven't had to do that. That's um, sometimes, sometimes, but a lot of Zoom stuff. So I either didn't have to go down there, or there was just no, there was no pressing need. The times I did, I had more time because I didn't have to go rushing in and get my own stuff. It was predetermined who we were going to get and when, right? So that's that's how it was the last two years. So we get done in Pittsburgh. And I pack up my stuff and I go downstairs and I'm in the hallway and our uh, our PR guy, Glenn, looks at me and he says, Bobby, we're open. And it hit me at that moment. Now, I knew this. We talked about it before. But I just for that moment, I'd forgotten. I can just walk in there. I don't need to stand out in the hallway. I can just go in. So it was... Um, it was a back to reality kind of thing. It was really nice. Obviously, it's because I went in and there were people talking to Jack Rosslevik and, and Nick Blankenberg was all by himself, and I was able to go over and have that conversation and you know do a one on one and ask him the things I wanted to ask him. And so it was it was very nice. And as far as the home game goes, I was in the room for the first time since they redid the room. I had not been in that dressing room. I had seen pictures of it. I had not been in it until last night, it's just so much nicer because you can go in and to an extent you can pick and choose who you want to talk to and you know, because maybe – like, Justin Danforth was standing there all by himself and he was the number one star of the game. Everybody was talking to Jake Voracek and I forget who else. But anyway, I could just go over to Justin and I could get that conversation. It wasn't like I had a – you know, wasn't like I had to wait and I didn't have to wonder – what he was thinking. I was able to find out exactly what he was thinking. Well, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Austin says, thoughts on how good of a line it would be to start Gaudreau in line A? Uh, yeah, we saw that last night, Austin. It was pretty good, right? It was uh, It was really good. Somebody asked about, and where is this here? I I know I have it, but I can't remember who asked about it. Uh, Kent Johnson last week in Traverse City the biggest flaw, if you want to call it that to his game or the biggest, I don't want to call it a flaw. That's wrong. Let me, uh, let me restate that the area of his game that he self-admittedly said that he has to work on was face-offs. And somebody had asked me, uh, along the way here, you know, did I think that was a problem again last night? Yes. Yes, it, it was. I think he won the first one. And then I don't know if he won after that, but, uh, that's – and then they said, is there anybody that can help him with that? I think the other centers on the team are going to help him with that, quite honestly. Uh, the coaches, to an extent, are going to be able to do it. Um, I've seen Brad Larson out there working with guys on face-offs before, but I I would uh, – you know, I'd pick the brains of the guys like the Sean Corrales especially because they, they make it a science, you know. Uh, Boone Jenner is a great guy, winning faceoffs in the defensive zone. That's why he's always out there. Last year, he was out there all the time in the defensive zone to take those um, to take those faceoffs. So I would lean on those guys if I were Kent Johnson. I would uh, I would talk to those guys and see exactly what uh, exactly what they do. See if I can get some uh, get some tips on that. Uh, Zach wants to know. He says if the goal is to develop Kent Johnson as a center, do you move Boone to the wing or move another player? I think that is a uh i think it's no brainer I mean that is a boone jenner goes to the wing no doubt about it i mean he uh he's had some of his best years in the National Hockey League playing on the wing so i don't I don't see why you even think about that unless there was somebody else that got hurt unless you know if you had a uh heaven forbid, a a Roslovic or a um, Corrali that got hurt or something like that, then you would do something different. But to me, I would just say that you go ahead and uh, flip out Kent Johnson for Boone Jenner and and see where it goes from there. Let's go back to Twitter spaces, and uh, Bo is next up. Hello, Bo. How's it going? Good. How are you?
1: Good. Listen, this is more of a statement um, from Winnipeg, I live in Winnipeg been With line A his whole career here, yes, and like if you're not excited for this year with line A, you get it, people are nuts because he's gonna hit 60 goals this year if he's healthy. Like, it's gonna be. I watched those highlights of that game yesterday, and I'm like, he's moving better than I've ever seen him move. And I'm just like, good lord, here we go. You know, this is this is the time, this is the time right now.
0: It is, uh, you know, it's really interesting you say that because he looks different with Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, Johnny yeah as Jody Shelley said last night when we were doing the game, Johnny has that ability to slow the game down and speed it up all at the same time, and it looks like he and Patrick think the game the same way, doesn't it? yes, 100%. so I, I I agree with you on that and i and here's another thing, and I'll ask your opinion as you did you just watch the highlights or did you watch the game?
1: I watch only the highlights, because I don't know how to watch the game okay. up in Winnipeg here like you know what I'm saying like I don't get um. All the games that you guys got,
0: right? No, I get it. Um, just FYI, I, you should be. Able, we'll try BlueJackets.com dot com because it was just a uh, okay. it was just a local stream. So anyway, well then I can't ask you the. I was going to ask you, Kent Johnson. I well, let me ask you this question because you watch Patrick so so long. Um, yep. Kent Johnson is a young guy, but he thinks the game really well, and 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 I'm wondering if you need a guy that can think the game as well as those other two to play center on that line? Somebody that can keep up with the speed and somebody that can keep up with the the mental aspect of it. What do you think?
1: Well, I think the speed is one thing, right? Because, again, line is not the fastest guy, right? But Johnny is, right? So you're going to have Johnny driving the play. I think you just need a competent center there, right? Kent's young, right? But he's probably been playing center his whole career. I would, you know, like even in his, in his younger years, right? So I mean, if he picks it up the way he should this year, I don't see why he can't play between them yeah. right like those those guys will elevate him until he's ready to elevate you know others right like it's kind of one of those things, I think
0: yeah, I think that's the best point that that that's a great point that you just made right there because you know, going into this, I'd said a couple of weeks ago I could see Cole Sillinger playing there uh, it's easy to put mm-hmm. Bo- it's easy to put Boone Jenner there. Then I'm watching them play last night and I'm wondering, overall, if you if you want to match the hockey IQ and the speed, Kent Johnson could really be your guy. And and, and I think the other thing about it is what you worry about with young players, especially at center, is their defensive play. I mean, look at the guy that line A got flipped for, Pierre Luc Dubois. When he started here, he was a winger because they didn't want to give him that responsibility of playing in the middle of the ice too early. But that being said, Kent Johnson, that's the one thing that he's showing already, both in the rookie camp and now in the first preseason game that he's played, is the ability to play in the defensive zone. I guess it's possible he could win that job based on the defense before he could win it based on the offense, you know?
1: Yeah, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to score you 40 goals at center, right? You just need him not to make mistakes in the defensive zone and keep up with the offense, and he'll be great.
0: Yeah, especially if the other guys you, you predicted Lineage is going to score 60. So he doesn't have to score but 5. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Well, that's a bold prediction and I thank you uh thank you for giving it to me. But again, I I don't know if you can get it or not, but the other games uh try uh, bluejackets.com and hopefully you can get that video feed and watch the whole thing, all right, Bo?
1: I will. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Coming in from everywhere, coming in from Winnipeg. Where else? Where else will you come in from today? Let's see. Let's find out. Find out what's on your mind. Next up is Patrick. Patrick, welcome to CBJ and Thirty, presented by Ohio Health. Ohio Health, I got to say it right. Hi, Patrick.
2: Hi, Bob. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm just curious where what you see where you see Erica Branson slotting in, with with there already being a few right shot defensemen that we we've, we've seen the past few years, and especially with Blankenberg and Obviously, David Yerichek in the wings.
0: Uh, Erica Branson, I see him as third-pair defenseman uh, right now. I th- that's what they brought him in for. They're not expecting to play him high in the lineup. Uh, they want his physical play. They want his leadership. And uh, they'll play him on the third pair. And that's where... And the
3: penalty kill, I'm assuming?
0: Um, I, you know, Well, one would assume because he's a defensive defenseman. But I think that's... I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I think his overall game is going to dictate – they're not just going to give him the penalty kill. I mean, he's got to be – he's got to perform well. But, but yeah, I, one would think when you sign a defensive defenseman that he would probably be part of the penalty kill. You know Gavrikov's going to be on the penalty kill. Um,
2: I feel that Andrew Peak deserved yep. a lot of time last yep. year.
0: Yep, Andrew Peake earned time. Andrew Peak. you know, a lot of questions the last couple of weeks have been who's going to play alongside Zach Wierenski. And I said last week or the week before, if the season were to start today, it would be Andrew Peak because nothing has really changed. And lo and behold, who was next to Zach in the first preseason game? It was Andrew Peak. He earned it last year. And Again, he looked really good. He did. He did. I, I don't want to take away from him. It's so easy for me to say, you know, in the ideal situation, he's not on your top pair. But why not? Why not? Because he – he plays well defensively, he's getting better defensively and blocking shots and all those things. And then, you know, the pass he made to Line a last night to get the uh to get the goal. Line A's goal. Well, I talked to Patrick about it after. I said, Were you expecting that pass? He said no. He said that was like a Connor McDavid pass. And and you know, and part of that is you know, tongue in cheek a little bit there, but um the fact of the matter is it was a really good pass. That's what Patrick was saying, and it was a good pass. So Maybe I should just lay off saying, in an ideal world, Andrew Peake's not on your top pair. Maybe he belongs on the top pair. I, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say to you right now. And this is on the record. You can always go back and play this back to me, and I can't say a thing about it. On the record, Andrew Peak deserves to be there until somebody knocks him off his perch. He deserves to be there until somebody knocks him off his perch. I think that's, I think that's fair. Don't you think so? I think so. Sean, you're next up. Welcome to CBJ thirty Good afternoon
2: Bob thank you so much for doing this Absolutely. Um,
0: I have a um,
2: two questions for you okay. well, more of a general comment than a question. My first comment is I think an area that this team could really make itself competitive, keep itself in games, um, maybe steal a couple of wins is the power play. Um, that's an area that I think that we can definitely take our take uh, that next step to an elite you know, top um, unit in the National Hockey League. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. Obviously, you have Zach running the point. You have Liney on left wing. Goudreau on the half wall. I really like the idea of Voracek right in front of the net, big body. And I think that would give uh, Boone Jenner kind of a, a lighter workload. I think that Voracek is, is a very capable guy. Maybe he'd want to do something like that. But the pivot guy in the middle, I think that could be, um, you know, that that spot more or less is up for for grabs. I think Nyquist comes to mind. But I'd also really like to see uh, Cole Sillinger there with his ability to to tip pucks. So, love your thoughts on that. And then second question, are you going to Finland?
0: Yes. Yes, I am.
2: Heck yeah. Are you? Absolutely I am. I've been looking forward to this. I bought my tickets in April. I can't wait.
0: I thought you were going to say you brought your tickets three years ago because that's how long this has been talked about.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. I saw that email in April, and I bought a plane ticket that night. I can't wait.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I I look forward to meeting you over there because uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, You know, we went to – right after I got here, I think it was my second year here, we went over to uh, Sweden, and and that was fun, and it was – there are a lot of great things about it. I mean, I wouldn't have gone to Stockholm. just. I would have never planned a vacation there. Just so happened I had to go there for work, and it was it was magnificent. And you get to spread the game to uh, the people around the world, and we're going to Patrick Lineage's hometown, right? So that's going to be fun.
2: It's going to be absolutely wild. Yep. I can't wait.
0: Hey, while you're still there, I'm going to tell you. Well, you're dead on about the power play. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the easiest things in the world, right, because this power play has struggled so much for so long. Uh, it needs to be better, and it's you're right. There's like the opportunity is right in front of you. You know, all you would think all you have to do is put these guys on the ice and let them go play. I like Jake in front of the net last night. If that's something that continues, then so be it. But that guy in the middle, as you said, it could be a number of guys. Justin Danforth made it look uh, like it was his job last night, and it was for last night. It could be Boone. It could be Cole. I like I like your idea of Cole. But remember, you know when you talk about uh, Nyquist and this is no offense to any guys, but there's a second unit that's got to be out there too, right? And I I think I see Gus as a second unit guy. Uh, Kent Johnson, I guess, is going to be a second unit guy, I would think. And uh, But I, I don't mind Cole Sillinger in that uh, spot where Justin Danforth was last night. Although, if Danforth has a chance to get back there, I'll tell you what, he's going to go back there again. But uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, he made it work. All right, Sean, we good? Absolutely, Bob. I'll
2: see you in. A, I'll see you in Tampa. All
0: right, sounds good. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. If you want to get on this CBJ and Thirty presented by Ohio Health, as the Blue Jackets continue with their training camp, you can do that just by requesting to be a speaker, and I will bring you on as I did Sean just a moment ago, and as I am going to bring on, um, Detroit Columbus fan, right now to join the show. So let's do that, Detroit Columbus fan. First of all, you have to do your part. You have to unmute, and once you unmute, you can speak freely. There you go. How are you?
4: <laughs> all right, good. How are you? Good. Uh, yes, yeah, where we're coming from. I'm coming live from a physics prep room. So there you go. From a civics um, prep room? From a physics prep room. Oh, physics! In a school right now. I'm my, I'm, I get to listen to you on my plan periods. So I was pretty jacked. Up oh, that's that. great. But,
0: I yeah, there's a big difference between civics and physics, isn't there?
4: Big difference, yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, big difference. So, in other words, what you're what you're <laughs> but, telling
0: me is you are a very smart guest on this show today, right? Uh, I told you this before when we met in person. I said I just make it all up yeah. and people believe it. That's so all as well. And, and you and I have something in common. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, but uh, just real uh, first thing is, uh, I just want to get your uh, two parter. First part was just I know you don't read a lot into preseason games per se, but you know, when you think about we didn't send a lot of top people to Pittsburgh and we take them to overtime, slash should have probably won if something doesn't fall apart. And then we had a pretty dominant performance here with not all of our guys. I think that's a pretty good sign. And then just to get your quick feeling on, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but is it done? Like he got a lot of playing time. They put him in a lot of positions last night. So is he a bubble guy that they're, Got to make a decision on, or how does that how's that going?
0: Josh Dunn, he uh, well, he was here a couple of years ago. Remember, he came in after college. He went to Clarkson, and he came in and he played some games near the end of the not last season, but the one before. He was in Cleveland last year. He was hurt a lot. He missed a lot of games. So I thought what he did in the game last night was he played the way they want him to play. He's a big guy, and I'm not heavy, talking heavy, uh, guy, yeah, heavy. Yeah. And, and he, but he hasn't played. As heavy, and that's what they wanted to see more of. Like he got into a little kind of fight scrum, whatever you want to call it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about playing to your size, um, you know, pushing guys away from the net with your size. And and I thought, I thought he did that pretty well last night. So he's he's a guy that's looking to leave an impression. So you're going to Cleveland, but you want to be high on the call-up list, especially if a yeah, like a swing guy. Yeah, especially a if the centerman guy, goes get down. Hurt. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. I, I got to ask you this question: Is it a law of physics that every time you go to Pittsburgh to play, you have a one-goal lead until late, and you blow it, and then you wind up losing for seven straight years? Is that a law of physics, or does it just happen? Yeah, uh,
4: I don't know. I'll tell you this, but I will tell you this: the thing I've learned about the, uh, Pittsburgh fans that at least come over to Columbus is they're trying to enjoy it. Because I had a guy that was sitting to me last night, and he said, "You know, once he's looking at the team that was in Columbus, and he goes." You know, once we, once Sydney and Malkin are gone, you know, here pretty soon he goes, this is what we're going to have to deal with because they're pretty bare. That cupboard's pretty bare.
0: It is. It is pretty bare. You're, you're right. And um, they kept that, they kept the band together this summer. But the it's, it has an expiration date at some point, right? I mean. And, and I, I thought that was surprising.
4: I, I couldn't re- believe they play they paid Latang what they paid him. Like I, I thought maybe they would try to do a slight, rebuild or bring some people in around him but not only did they, you know, they pay they, him
0: they, not only did they pay him what they did they couldn't wait to pay him what they did he they was their number one priority immediately yeah yes, yeah. and and i think that's going to
4: come and bite them and uh because all three of those guys could leave within a couple years of each other and they're done
0: they're all going to be done at the same time yeah. or close to the same time yeah and they're going to retire, yep. and they're going to have their numbers hung in the rafters there, and, and they deserve that. Quite honestly, they do. The way they've played yep. there, the cups that they've won together, the fact that they're such close friends and that they they wanted to stay together, it's admirable, especially in sports today when there's so many mercenaries that just want to go somewhere else. Uh, they think they the grass is always greener. So I, I credit them for staying there, but they have spent, and you're right when you said this, they've spent so many draft picks to try to win cups, like when they had a first round pick this year, I I had to think about when's the last time they had a first round pick because normally they deal it. Um, no, and I
4: think that first round pick is from their Phil
0: Kessel trade. That was Arizona, or yeah, Arizona's pick. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, what they what they do though, and there was a guy that was playing last night, that St. Ivany kid, the defenseman that was playing. What they do to try to compensate for that is they find these college free agents who are usually ready to play because they're older anyway, and they can bring them in. They've done that a couple of times with guys, so they, they get creative. But the guy that that told you that was right, and this is what I've said before. To me, the goal is you want to win. You want to win the Stanley Cup this year. I get it, so don't don't think that I don't want to. But the goal is when Pittsburgh has maxed out and when they start to decline, you want to be at your peak because you want to you want to take their spot. Pittsburgh, Washington, they're going to age out and I keep waiting for it to happen. I I keep thinking it'll be this year, it'll be next year and then somehow they come back, but eventually it's going to happen and you want to be playing at your peak. The game in Pittsburgh, I will tell you this, don't get too excited about that because the guys they had playing there were yeah, you know, that 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 to me that was more of a testament of the players that the Blue Jackets play, took to play that well there. I didn't – that Pittsburgh team was – that was not very good. And there were yeah. no – there was yeah, no cool. – until there's an 87, a 71, and a 58 on the ice on the other side, <laughs> you haven't seen the Pittsburgh Penguins. so um, A but, but, lot, but, lot of truth to that. But it was nice to see that the Blue Jackets did put their big guns out there last night, and and they dominated. They played, They should have won that game like they did. So that's, that's yeah. good. If they would have struggled, we'd have a different conversation today. I'd have a lot more people on – today.
4: that that I guess that's what I was trying to say, yes. I just <laughs> thought it was nice to see us put people out there and do what we should have done instead of struggle and win a, you know, if yeah. we would have won an overtime here last night, I would be very concerned.
0: So, but. You would have been very right, concerned. Thanks. If we would have went to overtime in that game, I might have just laid the headset down and went home. <laughs> Don't <Okay>. do that. <laughs> I mean, well, we were joking about it actually during the second intermission because. Well, it was a a four to nothing then, so I said, if this one goes to overtime, I might be done. This is ridiculous. Because the early one, the early one is funny, because you you could see it coming, you could feel it coming, and then when uh, Nolan Lalonde made that save in the 2-on-0, and he made it against Kasperi Kapanen and Jason Zucker, two NHL guys. He made that save, and I thought, well, you know what? Maybe today is the day, and then it wasn't the day, so... If the other one would have went the overtime, we would have to have some serious conversations about what's going on here. <laughs> so, hey, right. thanks, well, thanks, Bob. Have do, you a have great any, day. do you have your class plan done?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. They come in in like twelve minutes. What do you oh, what do you te- what's <laughs> what's
0: today's subject? Quickly.
4: Uh, Today is uh, laws of motion. So you know, got to do that.
0: Perfect. No wonder you wanted to talk about the power play and the the hockey in general because of the laws of hey, motion.
4: And it- Anytime you let me bring those kids down, I'd like to shoot pucks on that ice for friction, but I'd try to get it hooked up.
0: (laughs) Well, I think we might be able to do that.
4: All right, I'll hold you to it. Okay. All right, right. we'll talk. Have your people call my
0: people. We'll do it. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. All right. CBJ 30 presented by Ohio Health. Blue Jackets training camp continues this week, and they're going to play again on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Who's it going to be? It's going to be the uh, Buffalo Sabres are in town to take on the Blue Jackets. So that'll be a good one. Troy, next up on the show. Hi, Troy. Hey, how's it going? Good. I uh, wanted to touch on the
5: subject of the first line center role before. So I agree with you guys that Ken Johnson offers a really awesome part of facilitating in the game. But I think everyone knows to bring balance to the top line that center is going to have to have um, defensive capabilities and be able to chip in in that matter. And I have some stats that I just want to throw out there to put it into perspective, because I think there's guys on the team that have proven this is by race, not cumulatively. So, for instance, Cole Sillinger, who's barely played 14 minutes a game all season, is ninth by centers in block shots per 60 minutes with minimal deployment. And that is Incredible for most centers in the league. And in third place in the same category is Boone Jenner, who's also on our team. And I think that role should be more held up to who can chip in more defensively and limit those neutral zone entries. And I think there's no question that these three guys, Jenner, Johnson, and Sillinger, all have amazing offensive upside, as we've seen from Johnson in these highlights the other day. Sillinger is 61st in. Shots that get on target, miss, and block in rate per 60 again. Top 100 player in that stat. So I feel like Kent Johnson's more in a position where he has to chip in defensively more, like where Patrick Laine alluded to. He may be competing for a Calder and a Selke. And if he's competing for those awards, he'll be the perfect candidate for that position. But also, we have two perfect candidates to chip in defensively for that position. So I feel like these guys should get an equal opportunity in this training camp.
0: How do you feel about that? Well, they probably will. I mean, Sillinger's hurt right now, so that that could limit the opportunities that he gets. Um, Boone is Boone. Boone's going to get the opportunity. There's no doubt about that. Um, The only thing that, you know, your stats are great, and I'm not arguing them whatsoever, but the only thing about Kent Johnson is you can't, you're, you're arguing that the other two should get a chance, and I say they will. Kent doesn't have those stats yet because he hasn't played enough games in the league. So, um, you know, I again, I think he's doing a nice job early, and he's shown that he can handle the defensive part of it. But um, I, I don't think – they're not going to hand him the job. And I, it's like – to me, it's almost like test driving a car. Uh, they like the Kent Johnson model – Maybe they would really like the Kent Johnson model. Maybe that's the one they really want to buy. But maybe they're still going to test drive the, the Boone-Jenner and Cole Sillinger models and, and see if there's something about those that is uh, more practical. How's that? I, I think they're all going to get a chance.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. And I would even say that Kent Johnson, out of all the three, probably has the highest ceiling because as well as him chipping in defensively as we've seen in the last game, His offensive upside and facilitation abilities are absolutely tremendous. And if he can consistently do that while doing what he's doing, I think there is something to be said that out of all three of those guys, he probably has the highest ceiling. And if we're looking at a long-term basis and keeping a line together for the future and building chemistry and making runs and being contenders, I think the longer that you keep this top line together over time, the more dividends that it will produce
1: for
0: us. You know, I had the physics teacher on, but yet you're the one that says, "What did you just say? Facilitation abilities?" Yeah, facilitation abilities. You're making me think today. That's good. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) here, here's the only other thing. As it goes on, and again, it was one game. Let's all keep in mind it's one game, and I'm telling myself that. I'm not just telling you that. Uh, It was one game. Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Linea think the game alike, and they think it very quickly. It's not a knock on anybody, but who, we're we're talking about skating and defending and all that. Also, who's going to be able to think it as quickly as those two guys? And I wonder if those uh, facilitation abilities might factor into that. We're going to find out over the next couple of weeks.
5: Yeah, I'm super excited to see how these guys mix and match together over time, because I think we have, before this offseason, I think there were people asking a lot of questions about the center role. And now with Kent Johnson as the possibility of playing center and all these other guys trying out for the center position, like Victor Raskin, James Neal, that now we have a healthy competition through and through, that this is probably one of the better things that could happen. Because you see in similar teams like Carolina, where they have these guys trying out that don't always make the team, It just forces these other players to enter more sharp and on point going into the regular season when they actually earn
0: the job. Yeah, great point because, you know, with Victor Rask, he's played well in camp, played well in Pittsburgh. If you're Kent Johnson, I think part of what you have to think is, you know, if they decided to go ahead and give a guy like that a contract, I could very well be uh, honing my craft in Cleveland instead of in Columbus. And that there's, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever except for the fact that you want to be in the NHL. So, you're right. It makes you uh, step your game up a little bit. Pressure's a good thing. Pressure's a good thing when it comes to this because you usually get the best out of people when they are under pressure. Troy, thank you very much. Well prepared on that call. Let me just get these stats I just happen to have here. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm just kidding, Troy. That was, uh, that was smart. That was a good call. Or a good, it's not a call, right? It's Twitter spaces. It's not, it's not a call. It's a, it's a conversation. It's a good conversation. Let's give Paul a chance to have a good conversation. He's up next. Hi, Paul. Hey, Bob. How you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Hey, I've wanted to, well, first thing,
6: have you seen Cole around the building? And how's he doing? Have not. And then, okay. And then the other question, we talked about all the other guys. wondering what you thought of uh, Elvis last uh, yesterday in, in the scrimmages, you know, 20 for 20, pretty good. I don't know if he was facing any many high-risk shots but, and high-risk opportunities, but 20 for 20 is nothing to sneeze at. How's no. he been uh,
0: looking to you? No, he's he was uh, – I, I liked him last night. He was aggressive. He was a good aggressive. Uh, he made some really big saves. You can say that he wasn't facing Crosby and Malkin, but he made some really good saves. Uh, there was a, a time there – in the first period where he had to make, like, a couple of bang-bang saves right on, and he was he was with it. I like how he played last night. I, I thought he did really well, quite frankly. No problem with him. Love it. And then the other question, I guess, the other darling from last year, Yegor Chinnikov. how did he do over in Pittsburgh? He did well. I, I thought he did better in the camp scrimmages, but that's okay. Um, but he played well in Pittsburgh. He was playing with Marchenko, and... You know, two Russian guys; they can communicate a little bit better. And uh, I thought they were fine. I thought they were good. But that's another guy that there's a lot of pressure on him. Way back at the beginning of the show, I was going through the wingers. I didn't even mention his name. So, you know, there's uh, if he wants to play in Central Ohio and not Northeast Ohio, he's he's got to have a good training camp here. He's got to he's got to grab some eyes. There's no doubt about it. But I thought he was good. He was he was fine. I in the in the camp, he's scored some. Really good goals, but again that's that's in the camp you got to do those in the game
6: yeah I see saw a lot of the highlights and everything and looking at the stats from last night I didn't even see a shot on goal uh, for him so yeah that's why I was curious
0: I, yeah that's true and I you know if there was a disappointing thing to me about that game and again he was fine he didn't have a shot on goal you're right but there were the most disappointing thing to me about the Pittsburgh game is Emil Bemstrom looked like Emil Bemstrom and I, I keep wanting this guy to show the offensive upside that he has, and he was turning pucks over and getting his stick lifted and pushed off pucks, and he, to me, didn't look any different in the game yesterday afternoon than he has looked in a lot of the games, not all of them, but a lot of the games that he's played in the NHL. Um, Eric Robinson, he was another NHL guy that was on the roster yesterday afternoon in Pittsburgh that, you know, when you play against a, a lineup like that, you want to see a little bit more out of them. Uh, his chances that he had, I don't know if he got a, a puck on net. I know he hit the glass a couple of times, which is, you know, last year he had, what, 10 goals, and um, but he just needs to get the puck on net more. So those that was disappointing for me because those two guys, they're better than that, and I want to see them be better than that when they get these opportunities because what we're talking about here, there are people breathing down your neck now. Nothing is a given anymore. Two years ago, you could cruise into this camp, and you could pretty much do whatever you want to, and if you have some NHL experience, you're probably going to make it. That is not the case now. It is a, a different era with this team, and and uh, those guys, the three of them, Robinson, Chinikoff, Bemstrom, they're all in the spot where they have got to perform every time they get dressed in one of these preseason games. No, I totally agree. Say, uh, going forward, do you, I don't know what the I guess
6: timeline for these things are, and I'm curious if there's like cuts coming up and things like that, but what kind of squad can you expect uh, to see on Wednesday against Buffalo?
0: I would guess Brad Larson says he wants his uh, big guys to play three to four games. I, I would assume he would try to do home games for most of that, but that's not always the way it works out. Uh, I'm going to guess and say you're going to see less experience dressed on Wednesday than you did last night. And I say that because some of the young guys that are going to go back to junior, you're getting to the point where they're going to get one more look before they get sent back. So um, I I would think they're going to try to get some guys in, give them a look, give them a game, and, uh, and then move them out within the next i don't know games on wednesday. What do we play this week? Wednesday Thursday? Wednesday at home, Thursday in St. Louis. So if you're going to see more experienced guys will play at home than go on the road. I think that's safe to say, but then after that, by the weekend, they'll start uh they'll start sending some guys back to to their junior camps or if they're on tryouts um and their tryouts and stuff like that, they'll start to whittle it down. Fantastic. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for being part of the show today. This is CBJ and 30, presented by Ohio Health during this Blue Jackets training camp. Next up, I am going to uh, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, you're next on the show. Ryan, are you there? Just unmute. There you go. I am
7: here. All right. How you How's doing? How's
0: it going, Bob? Good. How are you?
7: Good. Good. Hey, uh, I got a quick question from the goalie master yourself. Um, I, I'm every time I'm great at it. I see him play. <laughs> every time I see Jet play, yeah. he just impresses me more and more. I mean, I know having a gluttony of goalies is a good thing, but is there a world where he could ever come up to the NHL, barring injuries? I know that's a possibility, but does he have the skill set to maybe surpass a Corpy or even force a trade of Elvis to come up and if he plays that well?
0: Yes, I think he does. Um, When he got signed last year, I talked to Manny Legacy, and Manny said that he thought in about a year and a half, Jett would be ready to be an NHL backup. And I watch him play, and I think that's a very fair timeline. Um, And I'll tell you something else. I just like the kid. He is a – as Jean-Luc Rampierre said to me the other day, we were in the ice house, and Jett was in the net at the end where we were. And I said, I like that kid. And Jean-Luc said – He's got a good energy about him, and he does. I mean, he's he's always smiling. He's He is a, um, I think he's a good guy, but he's a good goalie. You gotta be you got to be a good goalie first, right? It's nice if you're a good guy, but if you're not a good goalie, then nobody cares how nice of a guy you are. But, yeah, I, right. I think so. I, I think, you know, projecting at some point in time, I don't think it's uh, out of the question that Daniel Tarasov could be the starter and Jet Greaves could be the backup in Columbus. I think that's fair. Uh, if Tarasov takes off the way that they feel that he will over the next couple of years, um, he competes with Elvis. Maybe that would uh, force a trade somewhere down the road. I would think by that time, is probably out of the picture. And there you go. You do the math. That would leave a couple of guys, right? So I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, and I know you're not saying that either. But right. you're asking, is it possible? The answer is yes. I think it's very possible.
7: But with this showing, already this year, what I saw in Traverse City and now what I saw just last night, I mean, this has to show Yarmo that if someone needs a goalie leading into this year's playoffs in Edmonton or Toronto, you have it. I mean, they, you would have to at least accept a call for Elvis, right? Wouldn't you think, seeing what he's seen
0: from Jet. Well, that depends, and Tarasov? Where, that depends where you're at. Like, if you're in a playoff race yourself, you're not going to... True. If you're in a playoff race and Elvis is leading you there, you're not going to trade him. Um true. It, it, again, to me, it to me it will have to be Tarasov being healthy and then dominating. And when he goes to Cleveland, if he starts dominating the American Hockey League, now you can start thinking about the timeline of what's going on here. And because then the next step would be he would have to come up and then he would have to compete against Elvis or, you know, we're kind, I'm counting out Corby like he's not going to bounce back. This guy was an all star a couple of years ago, right. so maybe he does. If he bounces back to that form, can you could you think of what great shape you would be in as an organization and what you could do I and mean, the, the possibilities? The number be, of
7: draft picks we could get
0: for that. Oh is, my goodness, it unfathomable. Would be, it would be beautiful, but um, but you know, for Terrasoth Terrasoth has to get back to the form he was last year and dominate the American League and then come up here and challenge and start to – he's not going to dominate the NHL. It's going to take time, but to me, he's the key. He's the key to the whole thing because once he is proving that he is ready to make the next step, that's when you're forced to start to make decisions,
7: right? Agreed. Thanks for your time, Bob. That's what
0: the goalie guru says to you. That's my breakdown. (laughs) I, I don't know if I'm a goalie guru. But anyway, I like to play one on the radio. So much easier to do that. So much easier. CBJ 30 presented by Ohio Health. Who is next? You want to get on uh, Twitter Spaces? All you have to do is request to be a speaker. Like Heather. Hi Heather. Hello Heather. Heather's been waiting so she hasn't unmuted. And maybe she's waiting so long that she's walked away. Maybe she doesn't even realize I'm speaking to her right now. It's very possible. It's looking that way. Heather, I'm going to give you three seconds to unmute. Three, two, and one. And there it is. Heather has missed her opportunity to be on this CBJ in 30. So if you would like to jump on, just request to be a speaker with me. And I will bring you on. Great questions today. Good conversation about this. And, um, you know, it's great. It's exciting, and it's been fun. And I think that uh, Heather just realized that I dropped her, and so she's come back. Hello, Heather. Oh, she's muted again. Really. There she is. Are you there? Heather, you're unmuted, but I can't hear you. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Not sure. Not sure what's happening there. Blue Jackets uh, back at practice tomorrow, day off today for the team. Well-deserved day off. They did a lot of heavy skating. They did uh, those two games yesterday. So uh, today, a really well-deserved day off. And then they're back at it tomorrow. They'll practice tomorrow. And they play, as I said earlier, against the Buffalo Sabres coming up on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena. Uh, what else do I have here on Twitter? Let's see if I have – oh, somebody was asking uh, – John was just asking about the goaltenders. I just covered all that, John, so we, uh, we've we got it covered. Anthony Perkins says, I really do not see the Blue Jackets trading Elvis this early in his career. I, the only way it happens, Anthony, is if issues are forced. Like if you're – like I said, tears off is is the key to the whole thing. I'm not saying they're going to trade Elvis. In fact, that's ludicrous right now as we're speaking. And why would you even think about doing it? But if Tarasov ascends to be um, Vasilevsky-like, which many people think that he's going to be, then that will force your hand on things. And it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter where anybody is in their career. You're going to play the best guy. And if, you, if the best guy happens to be somebody that's going to cost you less on your salary cap hit, then that's a bonus. And if he's not, and, and if Elvis if Elvis just continues to play lights out, then they'll never trade him. If Tarasov pushes him and outplays him, then you can have that conversation. But it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen uh, probably anytime soon. You know, we're just speculating. We're spitballing. That's what we're doing. We're spitballing all of that stuff, completely spitballing it. So let's continue to uh, spitball and bring Mike on the show. Mike, welcome to CBJ in 30. Hey,
3: Bob. Hey, Bob, can you hear me? I can, yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, first off, thanks for doing this. Always good to talk to you.
0: I love doing this. Uh, but, yeah,
3: so my son and I had a great time going to the training camp, got to see all the players. Um, first off, James Neal, good lord. That guy has got a release and a knowledge just to be around the puck and make plays and we got to find a way to keep that guy.
0: <laughs> okay. He's the real deal, right?
3: He is the real deal. The real correct. deal. Um, and then last night being able to watch the uh, second half of the doubleheader against Pittsburgh and Johnny Gaudreau and finally getting to see him in a play environment. Amazing. Just and it wasn't just the fact that, you know, he had a couple of assists. Yeah, we expect him to do that. But he made one play specifically. I don't even know how he did it. He ended up getting an assist with a puck off the skate, which was basically a tape-to-tape pass from his skate to the tape of another stick cross ice. It was insane. I've never seen anybody
4: do that.
0: <laughs> That's why they practice with their feet, right? That's why they play that two-touch <laughs> game before the game, you know, that uh, that stuff all comes in handy once in a while.
3: Yeah, it's just that guy's touch with the puck is I, I, just unbelievable. Yeah. Just unbelievable. I'm so happy we have him.
0: And his intelligence. The, when he's on the ice, just the way he thinks the game, the way he sees the game. Uh, and then he's got the ability, as you're just saying, he's got the ability physically to get done what he has already uh, constructed in his mind. Yeah.
3: He's just a fun skater to watch. Yeah, just I like agree. like maybe a 10-year-old with itty-bitty little steps. But <laughs> – I won't, I won't
0: I won't tell him you said that part.
3: <laughs> uh, you can. I'm sure he won't care. <laughs> he's got ten million reasons. Yeah, for-
0: he'll laugh all the way to the bank. You're right about that. You you got that right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hey, any word on um Harper, how he's doing?
0: No, I didn't uh I didn't get anything after the game. Um somebody told me that he was that he was talking fine and everything, which is uh after watching sure. what happened to him is is a good sign, but I didn't get any update other than that nothing official of course but that was that was ugly that was
3: yeah was. that's was one of those just things so that
0: you know sitting there and watching it live I was just like oh I just yeah and it, and to his credit because then I kind of got the, a little bit more of a scouting report after after the game but that the van guy that he fought you know he's uh-huh. he's been in the American Hockey League with many organizations and um and he, he's yep. a tough guy. He's a guy that fights the toughest guys in the American Hockey League. And, you know, Ben Harper's a big guy, but, you know, Forte, his forte is not fighting. And he yeah. was challenged, and, and he stepped up uh, to his credit. But uh, it couldn't have ended any worse for him. I felt bad for him.
3: I did, too. I mean, it kind of reminded me of uh, Brandon Dubinsky and Cassie in, a couple years ago. And that, you know, yeah. kind of the same situation. And it just went bad, and everybody feels terrible. and um, you know, you, you just wish the best for the guy. And if you ever get the chance, tell him we said, uh, you
0: know, best wishes, hope he gets better. Absolutely. I will do that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show today. We move on from Mike. And next up on today's show, I'm going to bring in Kevin. Hello, Kevin.
3: Uh, hello, Bob. Hello, everyone. So this past season I started at new. New little fun thing for me is that every time the Blue Jackets won, I kept a list of what player got the Kepi, and then at the end of the season, I looked at who won the Kepi the most, and that was Elvis Merzlikens. He won it four times. So my question,
0: to- uh-oh, Kevin, where'd you go? Kevin, I,
8: you-, you is I'm right here. Okay, there hello, you go. Go ahead. Hello.
0: Go ahead. Hello. Hello. I got you. Go ahead.
3: So my question, so I've been keep last season. I kept track of who won the Cappy the most this past season. Elvis Merzlikens won it with four, with four. So my question to you is in your opinion, which blue jackets player will win the Cappy the most this season. Oh, Johnny Gaudreau.
1: What
0: do you think?
3: Thoughts? I think that's
0: a good, yes. Yeah. Elvis has a chance I, to repeat, though. Elvis does have a chance to repeat yeah. because, you know, the goalie is, yeah. first of all, Elvis plays, well, they all play every game, but Elvis can be so pivotal. The goaltender can be so pivotal in so many cases. But I'm going to go with Johnny.
3: All right, I'm going to put that down on my list, and then if you're, if you're right at the end of the season, I'll let you know.
0: Oh, I was going to say, is there a prize? You're just going to let me know? Is there a prize for being right or no? Well,
3: the satisfaction of knowing that you're right.
0: <laughs> I get that every day, Kevin. But, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mark me down. Mark me down. We'll see We'll see how it goes from there. The satisfaction. That was like something my parents would tell me. Hey, do I get something for that? Well, you get the satisfaction of knowing that you were the best at it. Yeah, but, I mean, that's – what's that doing for me? It's not a candy bar or something. I mean, give me something uh, tangible. Give me something tangible, as they say in uh, Pittsburgh. Tangible over there. Give me something I can really give, sing my teeth into in that, you know? Heather, you get one more chance to be a part of the show. This is it. This is it. I mean, there's only three chances. And there's after three the three chances, chances that's it. And I can hear myself. I'd rather hear Heather.
8: Is it working? There you go. Can you hear me?
0: I can now, yes.
8: Oh, hallelujah. Trust me, I am never, ever doing an Apple sponsorship so long as I live. (laughs) You just did. Well, I take it wholeheartedly back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's what's out of your mouth? It's too late. Believe me, I know. I know. Anyway, go ahead. No,
8: it was this thing was nuts. I mean, I don't know what I did. I think I went on low power listen, mode. And it's, it's
0: all right. Listen, 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 Heather, listen, I'm not an yeah. IT guy. I'm not a, fo- I'm, no, too, I'm too dumb to understand. You're guy. You can explain to me exactly what you did with your low power and your power <laughs> saving. And I plugged it in and I turned it upside down. I'm not going to understand any of it. I don't care. And yeah, well, I just care what you think about the blue Jackets. So go ahead.
8: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, just a couple of things that I noticed and honestly you covered quite frankly most of what I was going to ask.
0: That's what I do. That's what they pay me for Heather. That's what I got to do.
8: Yes. So first thing I love that Blankenberg's getting in there and showing what he can do because when he was signed, I was really excited. Like we got a a captain of a big 10 team and all this other stuff and everybody else was kind of like, well, he's too small. What can he do? He's going to get run over. And it's like, he didn't become the captain for no reason. Let's see what the guy can do. And he's doing some stuff now. So that's cool. And I also think it's really fun that for right now, it looks like we might have a top line with Crudeau and Line A that not only can they do as well as it looked on paper, but we might have the opportunity that if we have to pull out one center and switch it in for another for, say, injury purposes or something like that, we can do that, and it's going to be seamless because I've seen the videos that Jeff has posted and then watching what you guys were covering last night with the scrimmage and everything, and it, it's amazing that it seems like Dillinger was in there. I think uh, uh, Boone Jenner was in there at one point, and now we have Ken Johnson in there, and it looks like nothing's changed.
0: Well, yeah, because those two are exceptional players and Johnny's driving, yeah. driving the play from the wing. So, yeah, that's that's fair. And the greatest news about that is that Kent Johnson's a rookie and he's in there and nothing has changed. So, as we've talked about right. a lot, um, he's done a good job.
8: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the only thing that, I mean, honestly, I can't think of really much because I was going to ask you about Zach Lorensky and if he was all right. And I saw Aaron Korslein said that he's, he's all right so that's because that was a big deal that he got tangled up or something yes i didn't quite see it i was paying more attention to you guys even though i had the game on the volume wasn't working so i listened to you guys more than i actually paid attention that's
0: when we sound the best we sound the best when the volume isn't working that's we (laughs) set it up that way on purpose
8: so i mean hey technical difficulties happen but it was, it was great to at least have you guys as a backup, and I wish I had thought of it sooner because I would have listened to you guys instead of the Pittsburgh guys watching the game. I'd have just had the game on and then cut the volume and listened to you two. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> – But I didn't think of that.
0: Live and learn, Heather. Live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> right? Still have six yeah. more games. So, Yeah. now you've got to figure it figured
8: out. So, who do you think – I mean, do – in goalie, who would you start for uh, Wednesday? Tarasov. I think that'll be a great – I want to see what he can do now that he's going to be back. And then uh, have you seen uh, Corpus Allo do anything yet in practice?
0: Uh, Personally, no, I haven't. I was okay running around putting out fires last week. Um, at the end of the week, but I know he's not quite ready to to go. So, right, um, ter- I Yeah, I could see, I could see Tarasov playing. I could even see the possibility of uh, the Cheyenne. Kid played really well yesterday. And uh, thanks, Heather. I'm going to move along here. Uh, that Pavel Cheyenne played really well in uh, Pittsburgh yesterday afternoon. I was laughing, though. This has been my joke ever since uh, I realized that his name is spelled C-A-J-A-N, so it looks like Cajun, and it's uh, Cheyenne. This has been my joke ever since Traverse City, uh, saying we're going to go to Pittsburgh, and they're going to be like, what are you talking about, Cheyenne? It's Cajun, Pavel Cajun. I seen it right there. They not argue with me about that. Um, but he looked good. He looked good in Traverse. He looked good yesterday in Pittsburgh. Um Maybe you go to St. Louis with a combination of him and Jet Greaves. Maybe. I could see that. Um, or the Lalonde kid is, you know, he, he'll he be going back to junior. Uh, Chion was signed to an American League deal with Cleveland. He's going to ultimately wind up in Kalamazoo with the Wings. So um, you get those kind of guys, uh, get those guys some some reps while they're here. I don't know. I, I didn't talk to Manny Legacy about the, the starter plan, but I just know that Tarasov hasn't played yet, and I know that they're going to get him into a game, and I would think that is going to be sooner than later. Young Guns 27. Welcome to CBJ 30. How's it going? Good. How are you? How's it going, Bob?
4: It's going well. Can you hear me? questions, obviously. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, can you good. hear me? Yep. Okay. So, about Liam Poody.
1: So, obviously he had a big injury last year. Um, and it was kind of like nobody really knew, like at least I haven't heard, like what the injury was and what's being held out. And, and, uh, and obviously he's on a different timetable, but anything, anything coming out about Liam Footy?
0: Uh, I have not seen Liam Footy. Uh, I forget what was his injury. Was his, somebody had a shoulder, somebody had a leg. And, um, it's escaping me right now. I want, I want to say his was his shoulder. But anyway, um, I don't know what his timetable is right now, and i mean he's a he's a former first round pick, so he draws a lot of attention as well as you should, but uh he's you know it stinks, but he is getting he's getting behind with every day that he misses he's falling behind um you know, like Carson Meyer was out there playing in the scrimmage the other day and scoring a couple of goals and you know these are the times that a uh, guy like Liam wants to be out there, but you know injuries stink, and especially when you get them at uh, bad times. And this would uh, this would constitute a bad time for Liam Footy. So hopefully he's going to be back in the mix very soon. Well, that uh, pretty much covers everything I believe for this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and Thirty. It's presented by Ohio Health training camp presenter of your Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets back at practice tomorrow, and then they will be on the ice on Wednesday night taking on the Buffalo Sabres at Nationwide Arena, 7 o'clock game time. Our pregame coverage starts at 645 on the Blue Jackets radio network, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Uh, you can also watch the game on the video stream at bluejackets.com. Jean-Luc Grandpierre, the former Buffalo, the <laughs> talking too fast for myself here at the end. John Luc Rampierre, the former Buffalo Saber himself, will join me for that game on Wednesday. Uh, another edition of the Inside Edge coming your way tomorrow night on 97-1 The Fan. And we're working on the guest for that right now. I don't know who it is, or I would tell you. But that is your program lineup as you get set for the next couple of days. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. As always, you guys do your homework. You give me good questions, you make me think, and that. Is hard to do. That's going to do it for this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Ohio Health. Until next time, I'm Bob McEllegate saying so long.